Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski, and today we'll feature another spotlight on cardiac athletes. The term cardiac athlete is registered by Lars Andrews, who put together a book called Cardiac Athletes. Lars was a guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. Today, we will meet cardiac athlete Roger Potter. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Roger. Thank you much. I'm very excited to have you on the show today, Roger, because I know you have a very special story to share. So why don't you tell us about your cardiac condition? I'm one of the original blue babies of the 1940s. When the blue babies were born, they really didn't know how to handle them. And they decided that maybe what they would call a shunt, because blue baby means you're having trouble with oxygenation of the air that, that you breathe. By the time I was six months old, I wasn't doing what they thought I should be doing, and this was 1947. They took an x-ray, and they found out that not only was I a blue baby, but I had congenital heart disease, which would turn out to be a patent ductus arteriosus, which means in the light in the arteries surrounding the heart, what is supposed to close within 30 days of, of your being born does not close, meaning that good blood and air is mixed together instead of being separate. So they determined that if I did not have the surgery, I would not see 10. At this time, the heart-lung machine was being invented, but the MD did not think I was strong enough to be able to withstand the surgery, so he wanted me to wait until I was five, and the heart-lung machine was not perfected until 1949. Wow. So in the summer of 1952, at Children's Hospital Los Angeles was when I had open-heart surgery for a PDA, patent duchess arteriosus. I actually remember being wheeled into the operating room and seeing these huge oxygen tanks. Next thing I remember is waking up in the middle of the night in my crib, and I wanted to just sit up. I had to sit up for a couple of seconds, lay back down. The second night, the same thing happened. During that time, I missed 36 days of school. Oh, wow. I remember standing one day on the playground, was talking with my friend Dennis. All of a sudden, everybody started to just run. I started to run. I got no more than five running steps, then I was doubled over, in complete exhaustion. It took me a couple minutes to bring myself up and start breathing again till it was normal. I had no idea what happened, but I was determined to find out. After that, I just led up from age of five until 10. I led a normal childhood. Play, do this, do that. But during, the, during this five-year period of time, what had happened or what was happening was that the surgery was being allowed to completely heal and solidify. My heart was also being allowed to completely heal, solidify, and get a very normal beating going on. And this is one thing I do not find today. When I read posts, I'm a member of British Hardies, the American Heart Association, when I read posts of people that are still having problems, especially young people that have gone through the same thing I have gone through, the one thing I do not hear is they're into rehab too quickly and then they're into 
trying to rehab the heart too quickly. My personal belief is because what happened to me was that the heart and the surgery needs to heal completely before you begin anything strenuous. And this is really not being done today. So if any MDs are out there, please pay attention to this. And for you parents out there, listen and watch your children and observe them completely. If they say, I don't feel good, let them rest and let them be children. It's the best thing for them. I did not start getting active for what I call playing hard until age 10. Then I noticed that I had, I didn't know the shortness of breath, but I noticed I had trouble breathing. MDs of that day said, don't be anything except a couch potato. Don't stress yourself out. Don't do anything. Just be a couch potato. Okay, fine. The only problem with that was that every time I enjoyed myself playing hard, I felt better. If I tended to overdo it, I just had to rest a couple days, get my thing back in circulation, and in, and in time, that overexertion just became regular exertion. So, like about the age of 12 or 13, I came to a crux in my life. I said, do I listen to the MDs or do I listen to my heart and to me? I decided to play both sides of the coin. I listened to me and listen to them. And, <laughs> and soon I said, why is am I feeling better with active play when I'm supposed to be a couch potato? They don't even taste good, and I probably am better than the potatoes are. So I decided to... <laughs> so I decided... <laughs> you're, to you're too active. much, Roger. <laughs> okay, so you're right. I mean, way back in the 40s and 50s, it wasn't uncommon for doctors to look on patients as cardiac cripples. And they really did discourage them from doing anything. But I think what you're saying is that when you became active, it helped your body to heal and feel better, which is pretty much true for any healthy person, don't you think? Yeah, I, I also felt that I knew one thing that the MDs knew. They knew the heart was an organ. Very eloquently, it's an organ. I don't mm -hmm. think they realized it was a muscle. Mm. And a muscle needs to be worked. Right. Now, that doesn't mean go out and pick up 50 pounds all at one time. No, right, it just right. means exercise the muscle and build the muscle up. Right. Exercise the heart safely, slowly, but build it up. Yeah. I think that really is important. And one of the things I love about this entire spotlight on cardiac athletes is that all of you who either have congenital heart disease or acquired heart disease recognize the importance of keeping that heart as healthy as possible. And you're right. That does mean regular exercise. It does not mean just sitting on a couch and doing nothing. Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. 
I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Did you ever need any additional surgery, Roger? No, I never needed any additional surgery. And the funny thing that happened was that when, as I got older, I got more active. They tried to keep me out of gym class because of it. But then I realized, hey, I'm I'm just as active after school as I would be in class. So I said, forget this mess. So I got the family MD, hey, give me in gym class. And in gym class, I never had one incident of shortness of breath. However, years later, when I would start doing weightlifting, and I casually told my mom, she almost had a heart attack. So, <laughs> I can imagine. I can talk. So I'm, a, the, I'm a heart mom, so I get it. <laughs> uh, so we went to the MD, and he had me do all these exercises, listen to my heart. And this was an MD back in the late 50s, 60s, who knew what he was doing. He knew how to listen to the heart for any irregularities or any murmurs, and he listened to my heart. Like, he listened. And Mm -hmm. at the end of that hour and a half, he said, I detect nothing. Just use common sense, use your brains, and don't do anything stupid. And he looked at my mom, and he said, did you hear what I said? He's okay. (laughs) Okay. Wow. And then I started on my weightlifting career, and I've been doing it for over 40 years. Wow, that's amazing. And, so so do you do before, a lot of reps with smaller weights, or do you actually lift really big weights? Well, right now, I'm only 70 years young, and right now I'm trying to build my leg press back up, so right now I'm doing just shy of 400 pounds. 400 pounds. Wow. Yes. With your legs. So how much do you do with your arms? Well, my arms, I'm, I'm barbell curling 75 pounds. Okay, wow, that's impressive. And you don't have any concern about what that might do with this, the wire keeping your sternum? I mean, by now, that's very much overgrown well, my, with scar tissue and stuff. But My surgery involved nylon cord or thread. And the way they did it way back then was my scar began under my armpit, 
all the way wow. across my back and up to my to my spine. My scars, wow. the original scars way back then, were about 12 inches long. Okay, so you don't have a medial scar. You don't have, they didn't crack your chest open like they do for a lot of the open heart surgeries. No, they they cracked my back open. Yeah, okay. Right, right. So it's a different kind of scar. Well, one of the concerns when they open your chest and they cut the sternum is that if you lift really heavy weights that you can pop the wires that they use to keep that sternum closed. So you don't have that same concern. Not that you don't have a concern with, you know, lifting too much weight and possibly hurting yourself in some other way. 70 years young, leg pressing almost 400 pounds, Curling seventy five pounds. That's pretty darn impressive. I'm 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 inspired by you, Roger. That's fabulous. Tell me what being a cardiac athlete means to you. I always wanted to be strong. When I was in high school, my senior year, we did these exercises. I could not do a chin up because of my surgery, my condition, my CHD. That also spurred me to I got to be strong. Can't be weak anymore. So I decided to be strong from that point on. And I hit the weights, learned how to do them, and I've been doing them ever since. That's fabulous. Even in spite of some of these medical people who said, don't, don't go into weights. You will hurt yourself. No, you won't. Just do it safely and slowly, and you will build yourself up. And I might add that if any parents out there want to talk to me, my email address is heartathlete at yahoo.com. That's easy to remember. That's fabulous. Will you be contributing to Lars Andrews' Cardiac Athletes 2 book? Yes, I will. That's wonderful. I think this will make a great addition to the book. For those of you who are interested, there already is a Cardiac Athletes 1 book, and you can find that on amazon.com. And... I will have the link in my description, so you can go ahead and buy that. And look for Cardiac Athletes 2. That's still in production at this point in time. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with us, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And I have a feeling you're going to be a repeat guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. You have way too many stories to share for me to let you go with just this little interview. You're right, I do, and thank you again. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening today, friends. Please come back next week when we will feature another cardiac athlete. And until then, remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.